Hey, hey everyone. Okay, in today's episode of In the Hive, I am super excited to be interviewing Inez Hegedes Garcia. She's the editor in chief and founder of Miamiism.com. First of all, she is a top producer. Her and her husband, Enrique, are in Miami. They offer customers commercial and residential real estate services, including buying, selling, architectural consulting, and other support services. She really has a focus on a niche in regard to historic and architecturally significant properties. So you're not going to want to miss this show. You know I talk about finding a niche in real estate, and Inez has found the perfect type of niche to focus on. So come on in. Let's get started. Thanks for buzzing by In the Hive with Michelle B. I'm your host, Michelle Balasari. I am the founder and editor of Hashtag SoBoca Lifestyle and a real estate agent in beautiful Boca Raton, Florida with Real Broker LLC. I love to interview industry influencers and insiders on this show, as well as chat about all things real estate marketing, social media, Instagram branding, content creation, you name it things that are trending like Clubhouse and more. So stay tuned. Please subscribe to the channel. And if you'd like to follow me on the socials, you can find me at that Michelle B on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Clubhouse. You can also check out some blog posts on sipsocialcell.com. I am a huge fan of the niche. So you will find that I do chat about that quite frequently. I hope this helps you grow your real estate business. And don't forget, I have a group on Facebook called Women to Women in Real Estate. So I'd love to have you join that. If you're ready for today's episode, let's get started. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Are you kidding? I've been dying to do this. So I'm so excited to have you on the Hive. And also, you are just not even an hour south of me in Miami, which we love in our house. We adore Miami. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I wanna, love Miami too, but you know that. I know that. So I have to ask you a, a question so I don't screw this up. How do you pronounce your first name? Ines. Ines. Okay. I didn't want to say it incorrectly because people do that with me all the time. And I'm like, I need to ask her. So Ines, um, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and how you uh, really um, honed in on this niche in Miami, which I love niches and I love hyperlocal. And um, just share a little bit of your story. I was looking at your website and obviously your Instagram looks amazing and fantastic. And just share with everybody a little bit about who you are. So um, I've been a realtor for 16 years. And before that, I was an architect. So that's where my niche comes in. So my niche is all architectural and historic properties because obviously that's my passion. But I think that the social media stuff, it's, it's actually a funny story. My husband and I got licensed at the same time. We were taught, you know, you go to real estate school and they're like, your photo on your thing and do this a certain way. And I just felt like it wasn't natural. And it wasn't about me. And I love Miami so much that one our brainstorming about names for a blog. And we're like, um, 
just trying to, it's not about us. We don't want photos of us on our cards. What do we do? And that's where Miamiism was born because an ism is a philosophy and a way of life, right? So we're like, okay, yeah, we have a very particular way of life. I'm so about, you know, showing what makes Miami different and exciting. And so many people move here because of that. And we're, we are so diverse in every way imaginable from, from cultures to language to ages to anything that you can imagine. Diversity here is king. So it was fun. We started featuring at the beginning of Miami is that we started featuring our photographers and like cool things that were just funny about Miami. And, and now we see like these only in date, only in Miami accounts that are just hilarious. But obviously I, I needed to sell real estate. So it was something to be <laughs> I said totally about. Get <laughs> I get, How I get I was that. Gonna present that. I totally get that. And, um, you know, one of the things that we love about Miami is it's the culture, the history, the architecture. And of course, I'm going to date myself here, but I remember when Miami Vice started <laughs> and we're watching it. Miami Vice, we're watching Miami Vice reruns in my family. And I'm going, you know, I said to my husband and correct me if I'm wrong, but I said, you know, one of the things that Miami Vice did other than, you know, show off how cool and sexy Miami is and was, um, is there was a real resurgent of understanding that there was some very predominant architecture, mm -hmm. especially on South Beach, that was crumbling. The hotels that were crumbling um, and falling apart and that this was so important to Miami history, right? And so you look the at- Art, The Art Deco hotels. So cool. Yeah, oh and Ocean God. Drive. That's the Art Deco hotels are just oh, fantastic. And, and I love that you were an architect. Where did you go to school? I went to University of Miami. Oh, Hurricane, there you go. The I'm a gator. Oh, no. I'm, I'm not going to hang up on you. <laughs> don't hang up on me. Please don't hang up on me. Um, but I started as interior design at the Art Institute in Fort Lauderdale when it was still on Las Olas. Wow. And um, I ended up doing that in the School of Architecture for about two months. And I went, this is not for me. And I switched to journalism. So there you go. <laughs> I leave it to people who have more, more uh, affinity to the architecture design side. So I'm a hobbyist with it. And I love it. Um, you know, it, you're a husband and wife team. So I think one of the things that um, people want to hear about, and I'm seeing this so much on Clubhouse right now, is we have solo agents, I'm solo, then we have teams, then we have husband-wife teams, we have partner teams. Talk to me about how you guys decided that you did want to partner up, and what is that like? Listen, we started in property management, um, commercial property management, and he's an accountant, so he would handle all the financial stuff, and I would handle everything else. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think about that, and I just laugh. So when we got licensed, we lost the opportunity of making some commissions by not being licensed realtors. So that's when we got mm -hmm. licensed. And then we kind of, mm -hmm. it was like just natural for him to do the financial part of it, like the transaction management and, and then right. deal with more of the investor side. And then I was more of the residential creative marketing side of things. So it, it just worked out. It was great. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I know you're also very active 
um, in the real estate board down in Miami, correct? I am past president, 2019 yes. residential president. Yes. Wow. That's, that's huge. I actually spoke there back in like 2009 um, on Facebook, how realtors could use Facebook in their business. Can you believe that? That's, that's a long awesome. time ago. Um, but your board is fantastic and, and large, by the way. It comes all the way up in our Yes. Um, we're actually, the Miami Real is the largest board in the country. That's what I thought. And we have, yeah, we have, um, it's, it's almost 52,000 members now. Wow. Crazy. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's a lot. So let's talk a little bit about these properties that you work with and how you, um, you know, what makes what you're doing with historically interesting properties and, and the type of properties that you're working with different for someone who's going to purchase it or if someone's selling something like that walk us through what that's like i'll give you a perfect example i'm selling a mediterranean revival right now that's a 1928 house that needs work so it's an original condition and i always i always look at it there's two types of buyers for these historic homes the ones that are completely afraid and don't even know what they're buying and the ones that are educated and they are willing to restore. Um, obviously the second, it's an easier one to deal with, but it's always an education process. So someone walks in into a twenties houses and they see like hardwood floors that are not leveled and they freak out. They're like, oh, this is a structural issue. So as a realtor, you tell them, no, you're gonna do your inspections to make sure there's no structural damage, but leveling issues is normal. You have to, figure where the structure is in the house and what cracks to look for. So it's all education. But my, the fun part is if I'm working with a buyer looking for a historic home and I walk into a Kino and Elliot, for example, in the Gables, and I start pointing out features that are original to the house. And usually the listing agents start following me, taking notes like, oh my God, what is that again? Or I don't, they don't even know what they're selling, which is so frustrating from oh my, my God. perspective. Yeah. But it's, and then like window proportions are like my biggest pet peeve. You know, this is the wrong window for this type of home. Uh, so what, what's okay. fun is that through the blog, I started writing articles to educate the consumer, you know, proportions. What's the correct um, tile, like a, a roofing for a Mediterranean revival? Um, or when, when an agent says, oh, this has Art Deco influence, and I'm looking for it going, where? <laughs> where is the Art Deco influence? So it's just, it, to me, it's fun. It's fun because I, I mean, it's not just about the style, but it's about, you know, hey, listen, you may not want to get into a project like this. Um, there's many times where sellers want a very particular buyer for their property because they care for it. Yeah. So you're selling a product, you're selling a product and you're selling the emotional aspect of the product. So it's just a little bit different of just selling any old house, you know? Well, and, yeah, and because it's, it's so special. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's it. Yeah. So Listen, special. There's some sellers that don't care. Sell it to whoever. I don't care if they tear it down. That hurts my soul, oh, but that just it is what it is. Killed me right there. <laughs> and, but we see that in Boca, you know, like we have had some architecturally significant cottages here, the Boca Resort, 
The cloister is obviously a historical aspect of the Boca Resort. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You go up to Palm Beach and you do see these beautiful, like I've always said, I love these cottages that you see and that have some of the attributes and elements. Um, I was pointing out something to my daughter the other day. Uh, she's a photographer and we were at a demo sale and I said, I'm pretty sure that's like, and I'm probably going to screw this up, Pecky Cypress. Yeah, that is. Wood, right? <laughs> Which is, t talk to us about some of these isms, right? About these properties that somebody who wouldn't have any idea wouldn't understand that this is really significant. I, I, had, um, I had a listing with Pecky Cypress open beam ceilings. And oh. I remember someone walking in and saying, oh, the holes, we have to like, like stop them. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> special wood it really is or oh. original hand stenciled something beams or and it's like that's the original hand stencil like you you can't get rid of that 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 would be a sin um so it's it's just uh and and funny enough i have tons of colleagues that like will take a picture of a historic house and they'll go how would Ines take this photo <laughs> Oh, yeah, and they that tell makes me. sense, though. What a compliment. And they tag me. They're like, oh, did I do it right? Are you proud of me? So it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, I would, I would imagine that, um, you know, if you're an agent in Miami in particular, um, I would partner up with you on something like that because I'm not knowledgeable. And I'm, all, I'm a big fan of, hey, I'd rather do it right and get, 50% of something, then really screw it up. You, you know, like go partner. Re agents are always so afraid to collaborate with another agent, but you have the knowledge. So why wouldn't you do that? You know, that would be my, that's what I would do if I came across something because I really would not know what to do with it. Listen, I, it's happened to me many times when I have a, a dear colleague that wants to collaborate and I'm always more than happy to. And by the way, it's not a price range thing. Like no. I will go wherever, if it's architecturally significant, I will travel because to me, it just fills me. It's, it's, a, it's a different type of sale. It's a different type of product that you're selling. Um, I just absolutely love it. I had a situation one time where a particular agent in my farm um, listed a historic house that was insane. And she actually called me and said, will you blog about it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you let me take my photos, I'm going to go and take my photos. I'm not going to use yours because I like to take photos that are vignettes of features and things. So right. listen, a blog post like this will take me five to six hours to put together. Right? Oh, for sure. Every bit and, of it. And that's just the writing. That's not even going and taking the photos and seeing the property. So I posted the, 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 the post and then she's like, oh, wait a minute. You didn't put me as the listing agent anywhere on that. And I was like, wait a minute. I agreed to blog about the property, but not to say, oh, and by the way, if you want to buy this, go contact so-and-so. I mean, that defeats the purpose of my blog and my website and what I do. Um, that's, and then she yeah. and I, she's like, oh, no, no, this is not acceptable. I said, I'll take it down. And I took it down. I mean, I was like. <gasps> no. No. Yeah, got to got to work together, you know, on these things yeah. all all day long, you know. Um, what is 
the most significant sale that you've done that just made your heart sing in regard to one of these properties? Is there something that sticks out in your mind? Because I know I've, I have a favorite property that happened to me. So I always like to ask agents, do you, did you have one? Listen, I had, I sold an Alfred Browning Parker, which is a, a mid-century modern architect in Shenley Park a few years ago. And it wasn't a big scale house. I think the price range, I don't even remember, might have been like six fifty, seven hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. So, so it wasn't like the um, my multi-million dollar properties that I sell. Um, and I just the soul of that house spoke to me. Like when mm -hmm. I would go in, this house would speak to me. Um, the seller found me through my blog. She's like, this Ines is going to be the perfect agent for me. Um, it was far away from me. So I had to, I mean, it was like a 45 minute drive. Right. Um, and, and just so people know, 45 minutes in Miami could turn into two and a half hours. So it's a drive. <laughs> <laughs> in your defense, it's not that long, but yes, it is. <laughs> well, think about it. If you're driving 45 and 45 minutes, oh, yeah, you know, totally. that's an hour and a half gone of your day. Yeah, totally just gone. In driving. Yeah, totally so, gone. So they we found the perfect buyer that knew exactly listen and, and it's also about foreseeing issues with these older homes yeah like um like maybe sometimes you have to do a pre-inspection to just make sure although i don't have to because i can open up a, an electrical panel and say hey listen this needs to be updated you're gonna have problems yeah. with insurance you're gonna have this and that so that one listen a lot of work but it was just so rewarding and she was so appreciative of everything I brought to the table. And I think that's what makes it special when your mm -hmm. client appreciates what you have yeah. buying and the value you add. Um, and it was awesome. It was, it was great. And listen, I've sold $4 million properties. I sold one in Fort Lauderdale last year. It was a beautiful, and that, I was recommended by the architect of the property, which was That's amazing. fantastic. So, I mean, it's not price range ever. It's, it's you know, no. that, that, that architecturally significance that is just really cool. So I'm going to assume on the occasion that maybe you've worked with some celebrities that have a passion for the type of homes that you've worked with. And obviously Miami's jam-packed with celebs and people. Have you had uh, some, some favorite celebrities that you've possibly worked with on these? Listen. Believe it or not, um, limited. I had I they had want a situation with, with. Yeah, I can't even mention because I that know. was part of my my non disclosure. The NDA. And, I had, and it was it was a blast to work with them. Um, and they were from the buyer perspective. From the seller perspective, I have not sold. I mean, I can't remember selling a, a celebrity um, product. Mm -hmm. um, but I write about them all the time. <laughs> so do. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because you have a blog and I have a blog. My blog is more uh, about Boca Raton and up this way. And I drop some things in about real estate. Um, for agents that may want to get started on a journey of blogging, what do you share with them? And what kind of tips do you have? Because they're, they're asking me that too. And I'm a big fan of the niche, which is why I was so excited to meet in Clubhouse. And, you know, as soon as we got off, I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I'm sending her a message. Saying, Could you please, please, can I interview you? And um, but can you talk a little bit about the significance of blogging and how it's impacted your real estate business? 
listen, if I, if I look back and I, and I attribute one single thing of my success has been to my blog with hands down to the point where today I've transitioned into being a broker manager and I have almost 200 agents under me. Um, I, my amusement's my baby, you know, that's, that's, I can't, I, I can't even think of, as a matter of fact, my youngest child, I was pregnant with him when I got licensed. So 16, he's just turned 16. And my amusement was born like a year after I got licensed. So my yeah. amusement's about 15. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, that's like my child also. Wow. So, um, not many people like to blog. So think of, I mean, you know this for a fact. It's yeah. not easy. Consistency is key. You need to, I mean, when I started, it was a daily blog post, daily. That's huge. Wow. months for me to start getting traction. I think today it's a little bit easier to pick up an SEO. Probably. Um, consistency is key. Not be afraid. Like, I did not like to write at all. So I'm not a writer. And people are like, you got to be kidding me. And it's just the way that we're talking right now is the way that I write my blog post. Yeah. So it's conversational. It's you're you're allowed to make errors because it makes you human. It's it's more of your voice rather yeah. than that that stiff writing that we we learned in school I or whatever. I totally it is. agree. Totally agree. My blogging journey started in 2017, really at the end of 2017 was so boca. And I look back, it's like when you look back at videos that you did like when you first started doing videos <laughs> and they're seriously cringeworthy videos. <laughs> um, and I look back now and I've literally gone back in and tweaked my oldest blog so that they're a little more keyword friendly and whatnot, but they're in my voice. That's you nailed it with that. It has to be in your voice. And I think it's something you have to be passionate about. Um, you can write, you don't have to write about real estate all the time either. You can write about whatever you want, but I'm such a fan of being hyper local and then wrapping that into your real estate world. And that makes it a lot more fun in my opinion. Um, with that, without a doubt, I'll give you a story that, that this one was hilarious. Um, so because of my architectural pose, um, when Frank Gehry was building the new world symphony, I got contacted by the new world symphony to go tour the new building because i had been documenting the garification of this building during construction (laughs) right so i would take these pictures and it was it was just the way that that my mind was like i was so blown away so i get contacted to tour the building before it opens to the public Mm. so this is like dream come true for an architect So I write this blog post of like me touching the wood and the texture of the wood and the feeling of the light when I came in and what I was feeling and and how I was like so overwhelmed and I like a tears flowing down my eyes. So this is what I'm writing. These articles get picked up by by the New York Times, by the Wall Street Journal. These are the articles. So when I tell someone, Find that passion, that that thing that just lights you up. If you can put that in a blog post, that that's what gets picked up. 
You know, it's not the boring, uh, look at me, I'm a realtor. Um, no. I agree with you so much with this. And, you know, and it's taken me even that time to go, nobody really is that interested in that. But they're interested in the fact that I got these earrings at a consignment store for like nothing, <laughs> you know? And so I have added that component to my real estate life and on TikTok. And I have articles on the blog about where you can find thrift stores and consignment stores up in Palm Beach County, right? Because that's something I really enjoy. This is my Miamiism. It's old. It's, you know, who knows who wore these? It's probably some Palm Beach heiress at some point. Who knows? You know, I mean, that's, I tell that to myself in my head. But, you know, um, but it's interesting because we are definitely in an area that has these historically significant or very interesting properties. And no joke, um, I sold uh, Pied-a-Terre in Palm Beach in a uh, apartment hotel, and it was a countess. And I remember the niece had contacted me, it was probate. And I finally called her and I said, look, I, I'm a nosy realtor. I said, your aunt was crazy interesting. She goes, oh, you have no idea. You know, <laughs> so you just like from a historical standpoint, she lived to like 100. So you're dealing with properties that just are magnificent properties. So let's circle back a little bit to Ocean Ave and South Beach. What is next down there? What are you seeing for what's going on with, you know, they have the hotels down there and, you know, is there anything that sticks out at you? Is there one particular Deco hotel that you just love and what do you see as the next wave, obviously we, we were kind of shut down for a while here um, with what's going on architecturally down there. Well, listen, I think what, what makes Ocean Drive so awesome was number one, let's give credit to the city for recognizing that they needed to protect this architecture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, this was an area that was run down and in really bad shape. And the fact and it's and it's really funny because I've I've gotten contacted by developers that are like, oh, we're buying a, a hotel in South Beach, but it's protected. So what what a pain! I was like, no. What do you mean? What a pain! This this is exactly you know from opportunity. From changes, that's it. Changes of use, whatever it is. But I think the next thing in Miami, because obviously the new architecture. Um, we were talking about architects being hired to build in Miami mm -hmm. and from mm -hmm. Zaha Hadid to Herzog and Demuron to Carlos Ott. There's just so many amazing architects that have been hired to build. And I think the discerning buyer wants to see that. They don't want to just buy, and I hate to say this, another architectonica building, but <laughs> since you like Miami Vice, but, um, yeah, listen, I think uh, we, we've gotten to a point in Miami where architecture is necessary and important and not just anybody is building and any building that is no, going to be known and sell well will need to have either a name, a brand, an architect that's known. I mean, Missoni mm -hmm. um, by, yeah, right now you have a Missoni, you have an Aston Martin, you're, you have these brands. Yeah. And if you don't have the brand, then you have a, the Saha Hadid or the Herzog Demiron or the Carlos Hot that I mentioned. So it's it's really exciting. It's exciting to see like what's the next big building, what's the next architect that's going to be hired. 
Um, well, you know, I, it's funny because um, I want to say after I started the blog, I, I joined a blogging organization and we went to an event in Miami. And for those of you who are watching or listening, Miami has very, um, they, there's different parts of Miami. You've got South Beach, you've got Midtown, you've got the Gables, you've got Miami Beach. I mean, there's so much. Well, we were in Midtown and um, I've got some great pictures in particular of being, I think, where Sugar is. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what hotel that was in. I'm, I'm thinking it was, um, I'm going to slaughter it. I can't remember, but you're up really high. And the views are incredible. And I remember looking up going, there's a building taller than the building I'm in. And I think I was on oh, the 26th Oh, you were in Brickle. I was talking Brickle. about yes. yeah, Brickle City Center. Oh, my God. But it was fantastic. It was over the holidays, like over Christmas and stuff. So it was really twinkly and pretty. And my girls are, you know, they're 25 now and 30. So, you know, we were, we were bar hopping. Okay. After the event and we just went, we went to sugar and we went to, I don't know where, but we were bouncing around and we were like all on these roof deck, you know, bars and restaurants, just love and life. I mean, it was just so beautiful and the views of the water and just the architecture and alone was just simply stunning. And you know what? I think um, what's funny about it, about Brickle per se, is it's gotten really dense in the last 10 years yeah. or so, which is fantastic because that's what you want. You want that city life. You want that walkability. Yeah. But then I see a description of a realtor that will say, um, amazing views. I'm like, no, you're not selling the views, number one, oh. because the building's going to be built there. It's going to block the view. So mm. learn what you're selling. So we, we as realtors have a responsibility to understand the vision of what we're selling. So in Brickle, you're not selling views. You're selling a lifestyle. You're selling yep. a proximity to a club or to sugar or to wherever you are. You're selling that oh, walkability yeah. and, yeah. and the density of it. Um, hey, if you happen to be on the bay and happen to be direct bay views, then yeah, you're selling a, a bay view. Yeah. But other than that, Absolutely. be careful. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm very cautious when I do my descriptions. I don't ever want to overreach because I see it happen a lot too. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, you never know. You just, it's like TikTok, you never know. You know, you just never know. <laughs> so you have to be really careful about that. But Miami is such a cool, cool city. And it, it's always been fun, you know? And I've been in Boca since 78. Uh, so... I really got to start to get got to know Miami when I really moved back from college and went, Oh my gosh. So I love going down like Art Basel, obviously this year, no Art Basel yeah. happening, but 2022 baby, we'll be back at Art Basel. And, that and you, again, have you gone to Wynwood in Miami by any chance? I oh. love it. Wynwood to me is just the, the feeling of every mural, every, the, the artwork is just the talent it's just crazy. It's incredible. It's incredible. Um, you know, I always like to ask my guests, um, if you could break bread with anyone, dead or alive, what would you want to eat? Is there a restaurant you would do it at? Who would you want to do it with? And it doesn't have to be one person because I'm an Aries. I can't pick one person. So. Oh, wow. That's a crazy one. Um, you know, my mom's from Spain and her cooking is crazy. 
And um, she always talked about my grandmother's cooking as well. So I, I hate to, to make it like sentimental, but I no, never met my fine. grandmother on my mother's side. I would love to be able to have a paella with my grandmother in Madrid or something somewhere oh. cool with like that, yeah. that nice, you know, European vibe. Um, but we also have so many insane restaurants in Miami. My husband and I are foodies. So we're always, always yeah, and there's just so many great, great places, great views. So great we'll everything. have to, you and I will have to meet and uh, pick a restaurant that we can do like a food, foodie thing at because I, with So Boca, we do a little influencer marketing. And um, this week I've been invited to go to Avalon, the new steakhouse that's going to be in Delray. That's based out of, I think, New York City. So I'm super excited. Plus, I like steak. So I'm super excited about that. Um, but we're big foodies. And um, I love the food down in Miami. Like, just die for it, you know. <laughs> Do you have a favorite restaurant in Miami that you love? That's your go-to? You know what? I change often just because there's so many great restaurants. Right now, I think my favorite is Q in Wynwood. It has Ooh, to What win. kind of food? It's like a fusion, modern fusion. Um, I believe the chef used to be like one of the chefs for, and I just went blank on the restaurant, but um, it's fantastic. The, yeah. Google it. K-Y-U, I believe is how you write it. It's, it's my favorite we, right now. We've eaten at Sugarcane in Wynwood. And sugar my daughter, yeah, my daughter is going out to Las Vegas. Apparently there's a sugarcane out there. So who knew? Um, but I so appreciate you coming on today. I know it's very busy down in Florida right now for us realtors. So we're, I know we're all very grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I am so excited that you took some time today and took me up on my offer because I just love what you're doing. I love your hyper-localism. I love how you've niched into this arena. And, you know, I'm such a big believer in, in niches and um, I'm just thrilled that you were on today. So I appreciate it very, very much. Well, listen, it was my pleasure. I'm so glad we finally connected and Clubhouse. So definitely that's fantastic. And Well, um, you know what? One last thing about Clubhouse. It's good, guys. Take advantage <laughs> of it right now. It's look, we connected because of it. So there you go. For no, there, there's no doubt. The conversations, even if you don't participate and you just listen, I think what I'm doing with Clubhouse now is if I'm in the car instead of a podcast, I'm listening to conversations in, in, from Clubhouse and always learn something new, which is insane to think about. Yeah, me so, too. But thank I, you for I'm having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully in the next couple months, we can maybe connect down in Miami since things or are starting I'll go to up, up to see bit. you in Boca. Or come up here, yes. But I'd yes. rather come to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag so Boca loves Miami and loves Miamiism. So there you go. Thanks again, my friend. You're Talk welcome. To you Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of In the Hive with Michelle B. If you are interested in joining me as a guest, send me a DM on Instagram at the Michelle B. You can jump in on any of my clubhouse sessions also at the Michelle B. I look forward to sharing more marketing, branding, social media tips with you every month. And thanks again for sharing this podcast. And if you like it, please feel free to give me a five-star review on iTunes. I will see you soon.